This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Monday the 29th of November. In your Squiz today, enter Omicron. Tackling internet trolls, a record crowd for the Matildas, and an announcement from Squeeze Kids. This is your Squeeze Today. Starting today with news we really don't want to deliver, Eliza, there were murmurs of it late last week, and since then, the World Health Organization has confirmed a new COVID variant of concern. It's called Omicron. It originated in Southern Africa. Before we get to how Australia and the world is reacting to it, give us the rundown on why it's got people worried. Okay, so in this variant, the virus has actually mutated or changed around the spike protein. So that's the bit that connects onto the human cell. And the vaccines that we have at the moment help the body recognise these spike proteins as a threat and therefore fight the coronavirus with these proteins. So the big fear is that Omicron will be too powerful for the vaccines, that they won't work anymore. I should say that that's a fear rather than a known known um, because scientists are actually looking into that right now. But the biotech company that helped develop the Pfizer jab says it could get an updated version out in four months if it's found that Omicron evades immunity. An updated version of the vaccine, that is. This is all, as you say, still sort of in the might be and the maybe phase. Plenty that are worried, plenty that are saying, don't worry too much. It hasn't stopped governments around the world reacting. For example, the US, the UK, European nations are blocking flights from southern Africa. Israel has gone one step further. They've banned all foreigners from entering the country. Australia has made some changes to its border restrictions too. Yeah, so we've got bans now on flights from nine southern African nations that include South Africa, Zimbabwe and Botswana. Uh, Also at the moment, all travellers arriving in Sydney and Melbourne, regardless of where they boarded their flights, will have to self-isolate for 72 hours. It has been confirmed that two overseas travellers coming into Sydney were infected with this variant. Both passengers came to Sydney from that part of the world, as you say. They were tested on arrival. They came back positive. They're in isolation and are fully vaccinated. Long story short, expect to hear a lot about Omicron this week. To the Solomon Islands now. We talked about this in the podcast on Friday. There's been rioting in the streets. Buildings have been burnt down and businesses ruined as those rioters took over the capital, Honiara, calling for the president to resign. The context around this one is that it's been a really hard few years for the Solomon Islands. Closed borders due to COVID has meant a huge hit to their economy and people are struggling. On top of this, there are many who have also taken issue with the government's decision a few years back to switch diplomatic allegiance from Taiwan to China. Eliza, Aussie troops headed over there last week. It seems that has helped to calm things down. Yeah, there's 150 Australian Federal Police and troops on the ground in Honiara and some reports that there might be some more police going over this week from Australia. So people are starting to emerge from their homes. They're going out to buy food. Uh, Prices, though, for the staples, like, say, a 10-kilo bag of rice has doubled in price. There are apparently long queues for fuel. Power is on the blink in some parts of Honiara. And there were three bodies found in a shop in the city's burnt 
burnt-out Chinatown district. It's not clear, though, if those deaths are directly linked to the protests. But as you mentioned, that China diplomatic deal in 2019 has been one of the flashpoints behind last week's riots and violence uh, and those long-running issues there, the chronic issues of poverty and unemployment. Scott Morrison talked about this over the weekend. He wasn't getting involved in the politics of the Solomon Islands or that allegiance with China. He simply said that Aussie troops are there to help a neighbour and provide a safe environment for the people of the Solomon Islands. Staying with the Prime Minister, Eliza, he was out and about yesterday and talking about internet trolls. Yeah, Scott Morrison says he wants to give people some avenues to fight back against the trolls. So one of those avenues is a standardised complaint system where the nasty material would be taken down and the trolls identified, but only if they give their consent for their identity to be revealed. Just say they don't. A federal court order would require these companies to hand it over so the target, i.e. me or you, of that nasty material could launch a defamation action. It's all quite detailed. The bottom line here is that the onus is put back on the big tech company, say a Facebook or Twitter, to be the quotes publishers rather than the hosts of the material. So those companies would be responsible and liable for what's written on their sites, just in the same way as mainstream publishers are now. And that has been really welcomed by the big media companies. Yeah, this legislation comes off the back of a High Court decision earlier this year that saw news companies responsible for comments on posts. This would look to change that by putting, as you say, the onus on the social media platform. From social media to old school television, Eliza, the final ratings are out for the year. The victor is Channel 7. Yeah, forget the Melbourne Cup. This is the big race of the year, particularly in TV land. <laughs> so Seven took out 38.6% of the market share, nine not that far behind with 37.7%. Obviously, the winner gets more eyeballs, more advertising dollars, so it is very important for their bottom line. Analysts say Seven's win is on the back of the big TV shows, Australia's Got Talent, The Voice, Farmer Wants a Wife, all your favourites, I know, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I did tune into a few of those. You're not wrong. Also, Channel 7 had the Olympics, of course, so a big deal for them this year. Looking forward, there are people who get really into the trend of these things. No surprise, they're predicting subscription streaming services like Netflix will continue to grow and grow, while traditional television, which is what we're talking about, will remain stable, might slightly increase over the next five years. The Matildas' Eliza hosted their first of two friendly matches against the USA on Saturday afternoon in a very wet Sydney. I did tune into this. The result was a bit disappointing. They went down 3-0, but the crowd was not disappointing at all. No, it was the biggest crowd they've ever had, 36,000 people. Uh, But particularly when you take into account that weather, it was not just rainy, it was absolutely belting down and very cold for November. And as to the result, the Matildas get another chance to perhaps reset things when the teams line up in Newcastle again tomorrow night. Yeah, and of course, we're hosting the World Cup in 2023. So everything from here on out is a warm up for that. Whilst we're on sport, just in case you missed it, we have a new Aussie men's cricket captain. Pat Cummins was named on Friday as the man to lead Australia in the upcoming Ashes series. His deputy is Steve Smith. Not long now, the first test starts on the 8th of December. Eliza, you and I are both mothers. We've done the whole giving birth 
thing. I'm actually about to do it again in not that long. So news that a New Zealand member of parliament cycled to the hospital to give birth whilst in labour. Look, it's it's pretty impressive. It's that's different. Look, it's the carbon <laughs> neutral approach. I am expecting you to do the same thing. Hopefully it won't be raining at the time. It's too hilly in Sydney. Too hilly. <laughs> I did read reports that um, the MP went into labour at around 1am and gave birth at 3. So when she was on the bicycle, you think she'd have to be pretty far along in those contractions. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, I wouldn't have been doing Perhaps it was a great distraction, but huge kudos to her. Yeah, she's a Greens MP. She's very committed to bicycles as a form of transport. Very, very committed, as it may seem. (laughs) Eliza, this is only your second ever episode of Squiz today, so let's get to know you a little bit. Where do you sit on plastic fruit as a decorative item in the home? Look, I'm all for it. Actually, before reading my apropos, I've got to say I was a little bit overwhelmed by the whole minimalist approach, like the Marie Kondo ethos of Spartan living. But the fake fruit, it's all about bringing stuff back just for the sake of it, because it's colourful and fun and makes you feel good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the clutter, (laughs) but apparently it's a trend. If you want to keep up with the trend, fake fruit, fake cakes and things like that are now pretty trendy. They're back. Yeah, they're back. That's nearly all from us today, but just quickly, a bit of news from the Squiz Kids Camp. Today, we've launched a subscription offer on Apple Podcasts for the parents of Australia. More detail over at the Squiz Kids Podcast, but it's basically $6.99 a month for access to weekly quizzes and shortcuts for kids. Of course, the Daily Squiz Kids Podcast will always remain free, but if you're looking for some extra Squiz Kids stuff for the school holidays, it might be worth the investment. That's all on this Monday, two down a line. Eliza, how are you feeling? Good. Many more to come. Many, many more to come. Have a great start to the week and we'll be back tomorrow. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.